Chapter 9 Yes to Everything The space beyond the last period, the openness that tumbles from the end, it's too broad to navigate, too perfectly unknowable to be anything besides lost inside of. The force by which I find Miri inside this vast air is a force invisible to me. I know it only by how it acts upon the parts of her that are still mine. It swings my heaviest memories into weightless orbit. It condenses my images of Miri until they burn, until they're on fire. And it steers me. This unknown determinate, so powerful and large, somehow it floats, delicate and sensitive, like a compass needle within my heart, always pointing me back to her. And as it carries me now, traveling one memory to the next, bending the pages of mine and Miri's story at random, I take the details slowly. I live each line over again and smile at the pieces I missed. The nuance of love is ephemeral. It's a ghost inside the prose, and there is always more to find. Love and Remembering Presentation Day One year after Flana's death, and these same themes lay heavy on Speaker's mind. His commemorative sermon said so, though his interpretation was very much his own. My sister couldn't possibly have cared less. Boring. See is mouthing the words to me from across the stage, patting her lips in a fake yawn. As always, presentation day Sia looks crazy. Wildly bright. The fingers pantomiming her yawning response to speaker's blah-blahing sermon end each in a thimble length of black. I watched her do all this. Absolutely meticulous. From phalangeal to tip, almost as if dipped in tar, the last inch of each finger is painted true black. Once that dried, she set a glob of acrylic paint on every nail, sphere-shaped, just less than marble size, and let it sit overnight. Then this morning, having to wake up hours earlier than usual to do so, happily, using the tiniest brush I've ever seen, she turned each globbed fingernail into a different planet. Full detail. Telescopic, even. On the surrounding black of her skin and cuticles, she added stars. Smaller than salt grains and reflective, the backgrounds of her planetoid fingertips spin like disco balls in the right lighting. Two hands as a mini, 3D diorama of our solar system. Then, upon the still blank sphere of each middle finger, placement very much intended, she painted two purpose symbols. Subtle enough. Out of the starry dark, down the length of her fingers, trace bright lines which come together as large spirals covering each palm. Realistic craters and shadowed contours painted over the surface of one, solar flares and sunspots added to the other, they're turned into beautiful abstractions of the moon and sun. The lines of color escape once more from the bottom of each spiral, separate themselves and swim up each arm like wild ribbons of lights disappearing into the sleeves of her dress. Its black fabric settles on Sia's shape, 
graceful and weightless as seaweed caught in a slow current. The collar folds loosely away from her shoulders like a paper scarf, and from it the painted colors reappear. Following her clavicles, thick at first, they trace the skin of her neck before shredding into a fray of smaller lines, unraveling an ordered chaos all over her face. Ornate and skillfully decadent. No one can paint like Sia. Couldn't look like her if they tried. And she wears it so casually. You can't help but stare. Myself included. Sia is beautiful. Another fake yawn. Boring. And Sia turns back to the canvas in front of her. A live painting tribute for Flana's one-year commemoration. She isn't far along. And I can't tell where it's going yet. Zoning out again, and as usual, on the arm-braced posterior of a painted, costumed, and worship-ready Miri seated at the edge of the stage, blurbs and snippets of speaker's oration find their way into my ears. Some say love is patient. His voice is thickly philosophic. That love suffers long, bears all. A very pleasant notion, is it not? Yes? Question marks, so the crowd will nod their heads, agree with him. He's brimfishing. You find that sweet. You find that nice. More head nods. Good for you. What a jerk. But hear me when I tell you patient love is unleavened. Patient love is a bland porridge, a sow's gruel. Patient love is room temperature. It is recycled bathwater. Sia and I exchange another look. She gestures a fake gun to her head and pulls the trigger. Behind her, Agent Scratch is watching. Not good. I turn around and straighten up. I can still feel him staring through the back of my head. Speaker picks back up. Recycled over and over again, I watch you bathe in it. My children, I watch as you bathe. Heads stop nodding, tilt a bit to the side now. Rinsing your hair in the trickle of an old dream. Soaking your parts in stagnate fantasy. I watch every day. Over and over again, I observe you doing this. Naked and dirty inside the waters of slow love, I see you. From silky white sleeves, Speaker shows his hands to a very confused crowd, symbolically brushing off such figurative filth. Pricey jewelries clink together. Your patient love is unclean. Erotic religiosity. So messed up. This is really good stuff. I shift my eyes to Sammy, hoping to share a quick bro moment regarding Speaker's fucked upness. No luck. His attention is elsewhere, sharing a bro moment instead with Haruki. His first presentation. Curiosity must have finally gotten the better of him. This is cool, I think. Haruki is here. This is an event. The sequined scales of Sammy's snake suit flitter sunlight this way and that. With his long blonde hair tied back in a silky glow, 
propped on a bed of just as shiny pillows. The serpent god of wisdom is a very bright sight this afternoon. Haruki's elbows rest on Sammy's underfilled offering trough, teeth in full relief below the sharp accent of his triple cleft. Our presentation selves are a very curious discovery to him. Very strange. It's written all over his face. His eyes are loudly expressive. Bathwater? What? Blinking out, more questions. You do know how silly you look, correct? He's staring his commentary directly at Sammy, but rhetorically so. Haruki must know Sammy isn't allowed to reply. You're no god. You're just a boy like me. But you already know that. I know you do. Don't you? I can almost hear the contractually swallowed scream keeping quiet inside Sammy. The emphatic, yes, the yes to everything. But it makes no noise. Sammy can only watch as Haruki winds away, disappearing again into the crowd. Returning my eyes to the back of Miri, I attempt to estimate by the angle of her head if she's just observed the same exchange. Shame. Doesn't appear to be the case. Love is not patient. Love leads. Love leaves behind. Speaker is becoming worked up. Love is a propellant, antagonistic, divisive. Love is passion fodder, a synergy that eats itself. Speaker's spazzing to his own sincerity. Colorful language coming fluorescently poetic. He's shaking his fist in the air. Such good stuff. I really want to share this with someone. Back to Sia. She's busy painting, not hearing any of it. Sammy again. Nope. He's still lost in the crowd. I return to Miri and find her posture modified. Knees to pillow the same, but her back is arched. She's trying to make herself as tall as possible without standing. The slight, quick movements of her head tell me her eyes are scanning. She's scrolling the crowd for something or someone. I begin scanning as well. No idea what I'm trying to find. What do you see, Miri? She edges herself a bit higher. It is true love's haste, true love's impatience, divine impatience. Speaker is talking to the sky now. Veins are inflating in his old neck, which reclaimed our goddess. His eyes shut, hands open to the heavens. Goddess Flana, spirit most leavened. The crowd is with him again. You came to us hungry. You ate and you snacked. Speaker curves his arms around his stomach in the universal pantomime for fatness. Offensive. Very rude. You lived by your own divine nature. Hungry. Impatient for food. Miri remains elsewhere. She's pushing herself up with both regular hands, bringing her butt off the pillow. Definitely not supposed to be doing that. No movement, Miri. No movement. Her head's a hurried typewriter, back and forth. I can feel the fixed intensity in her eyes. What are you looking for, Mary? She lifts herself higher, about to break posture entirely. No, 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 no! 
I dart my sharp whispers into Miri's back, speaking when I'm not supposed to, breaking one rule to keep Miri from breaking a bigger one. I look behind me. Agent Scratch is seeing all of this. Shit. Goddess of our bountiful harvest, most hungry, most rotund, we thank thee. Impatiently, we love thee. Goddess Flana, we remember thee. And it clicks. Mary freezes, still as a prairie dog. Whatever it is, she's found it. Near miss. I exhale a thank goodness. Too soon, though. She does it. Miri spins around completely to me. Her entire face is dilated, a wide-open expression asking, Did you see that? Did you see that? I don't have time to react. Miri's eyes slide past me to something else. Her expression does a slow morph, full volume to soft shock and perplexity. I follow her. Timed perfectly with speaker's crescendo, Sia pulls the final brush stroke from her tribute painting. A predictable and easy Flana portrait, shy-faced and grinning, brought slowly to life over the last two hours, has suddenly grown wet flames. Melting skin and a drippy caption reading, You did this. A camera operator with not much career foresight zooms in, all monitors are filled with the image, much larger than life. A middle finger creeps into the frame, purpose symbol painted boldly on the tip. I read my sister's lips, fuck all y'all. With a smile, the feed is quickly cut. Far from him to be played or positioned by a young girl, speaker jumps right into the spin, skillfully repurposing this negative potential. He motions for the image to be put back up. And once again, Flana is burning brightly from the stage monitors. Fast and subtle, Agent Scratch takes Sia by the wrist. She's let off stage for good. Love that lights up the night. A burning passion for your faith. On fire for the purpose. Generic mob calls, semantic life slogans for the simple of heart. Speaker lays it on, and the crowd is an ocean of applause, which once again Miri is staring out across. I try to follow, try to see through her eyes. What are you looking for, Miri? But I never seem to catch up. <laughs>